Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. Dr. Most, good morning, my friend. Good morning, Dean. How are you doing? Doing very, very well. A couple of uh, pretty big medical news stories this week. Uh, one of them having to do with the availability of over-the-counter birth control pills. Was this something that uh, was anticipated to happen? And, you know, what's your feeling about it all? Yeah, I don't think it was anticipated to happen. You know, it's available pretty much around the world. And we in the United States have been very hesitant to to put it to a point of being over-the-counter. Now, medications going from prescription over-the-counter are not uncommon, but that's after they've been used for a long time and have been proven to be safe, which is the case with the O-pill that, uh, that moved here. So uh, that's surprising, but probably very good, I would think, for women's health, uh, that individuals will be able to do this without needing to go to their physician and having those discussions. Yeah, this was uh, such a point of controversy uh, over the years of, uh, you know, the availability of uh, an over-the-counter uh, contraceptive pill. Should, should parents, uh, you know, be alerted if their uh, young children are uh, using them? And now I guess all of that uh, has passed, huh? It has. Um, and that's probably the unfortunate part about it is exactly what you said, the communication between the parent, the, the, the child or the individual, I shouldn't say child, but the individual and their doctor so that they can go over everything and talk more about just the contraceptive method, uh, method that they're going to use, but also more about safe sex, about sexually transmitted diseases, right. about a whole bunch of different things that definitely need to have a conversation between the doctor and the patient. So before they go to use this over-the-counter medication, you would hope that they would check in with their physician and have that discussion. Do you right. think that the Dobbs uh, Supreme Court overturning of Roe v. Wade had, had it played a role in this coming to the, uh, to the shelves? You know, Jim, you would hope that it didn't, that you would take politics out of it and let science stand for itself. But really, it's, you know, that 800-pound gorilla in the room saying, wow, this probably did have an impact. It just seems so coincidental. I, I would, <laughs> absolutely. Well, it, it definitely seems ironic. Right. I mean, that that's for sure that in these days where that's such a hot-button issue that soon you'll be able to just go to Walgreens and get... Uh, a Snickers? Some Doritos. Some shoelaces. Oh, no, yeah. Some film. Uh, Get some pictures developed. Oh, and give me one of those. An (laughs) over-the-counter contraceptive (laughs) Yep. Uh, What about cost? I mean, uh, uh, will will it be prohibitive? Will it? How do do they normally work something like that? You know, it probably won't be prohibitive, but it'll be really interesting to see not only how they price it, but who pays for it. Will insurance companies pay Mm. for it, even though it's over-the-counter? Pricing should not be bad. It's used, like I said, around the world, and it has been. So, you know, it's not like it's a new drug that they're still trying to recoup the cost of that from the research and development side of it. So certainly I would think that they're going to be looking at quite a large market, and individuals who are going to want to do this um, would probably be willing to pay. You know, they're going to start doing the math in their minds of, okay, do I need to go to the doctor and get all these tests done before I get this? So that's the part that really needs to be communicated is you need to have a well-educated consumer anytime you're going to use any of the over-the-counter medications. Yeah, the, uh, you know, as is the case with any over-the-counter medication, misuse of them can be very dangerous. Uh, what are the risks 
of uh, using too many of these. You know, a lot of people say, well, if it says to take one pill, if I take three of them, I'll be three times as protected. Uh, what, yeah. what, what kind of risks are involved uh, in, you know, now that this is going to be so much more readily available? Absolutely. And you made a very good point the way you said it, too, is I'm going to take three because, oh, I missed the last two days. One of these is that this drug must be taken at the same time every day. So when you miss a day or you miss two days, it's not like, oh, take two more and I'll be all caught up. No, the hormonal imbalance of the body for a female will be thrown off if you miss one of these. And therefore, the medication will be deemed probably to not work for a full cycle. So um, it's one of those where depending on the population you're dealing with, and sometimes these are going to be um, younger teens or older teens, you know, people that may not be as astute in knowing that you need to take it every day if, in order for this to work. So, again, I still come back to it's great that it's over the counter that you can get it now with ease. But please have that discussion with your doctor so yeah. you understand the risk benefits and how to take it properly. That's exactly what I was thinking while you were explaining that, while you'll be able to just, you know, go over the counter and buy this now. Uh, it, it, it sure seems like you still need to be uh, under the advice of some doctor, at least, of uh, how to use this, which is honestly becoming more prohibitive. Trying to get an appointment with a doctor, I, I would assume this is also the case with gynecologists, uh, but it, it's no easy thing to get a, an Months appointment at a with, time. The, with the doctor these days. Months. Except Dr. Most, of course. Well, sure. <laughs> Always available to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, it, it's a big focus on a lot of health systems. I could tell you Northwestern is probably it's one of their biggest focuses right now is access and how do we make um, doctors more accessible. And one of the things we're doing is using more what we call physician extenders, whether it be a physician assistant or an advanced practice nurse, you know, someone that can take care of some of the more routine things that are in for my blood pressure check. Okay, do you need to spend 20 minutes with the doctor there or would 20 minutes with an APN going over your lab tests and your medications be good enough? So certainly we're trying to look to make sure that we do have enough access because like you said, if I'm going to try to use this medication and say, oh, I want to touch base with my doctor and I can't get in for three months, I'm going to make a decision there of whether mm-hmm. I'm going to try it without his use or wait the three months. Right, right. Or, I mean, uh, I think many of my, probably the majority of my encounters with my physician have been online or on the telephone. Uh, you know, just you know, going in is it's not an option. It's too, it, it's too difficult to get an appointment these days. Uh, yeah, so- it's a- It is. It's amazing what COVID, the impact COVID had on the medical practices, where we essentially almost shut down offices because we didn't want all these people sitting in waiting rooms. And we found that telehealth actually does work well for many things, much more convenient for the patient, much more convenient sometimes for the doctor. But certainly that patient who doesn't have to leave work, go to find a parking space, pay for parking, get in, wait in the waiting room. You know, it can be a half a day versus I take it in my office, and I have 30 minutes, and it's going to be well used in my time. One of the other things that I wanted to uh, chat with you about is uh, the uh, findings this week that the artificial sweetener aspartame may be related to uh, causing cancer. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk over the years about artificial sweeteners and how safe they may or may not be. Uh, now, uh, aspartame is being 
you know, uh, chosen uh, and uh, whether or not people will remove it from their products remains uh, to be seen. But what what are the actual dangers, uh, doctor, of uh, using this artificial sweetener, which uh, a lot of people sure do? Yeah, and, and you make a really good point. Of this is, I don't want to say it's cutting news, but it certainly is. This just came out a couple of days ago from the World, World, World Health Organization saying, hey, you know what? Uh, it's okay to use some, but boy, you better be really careful and don't go beyond that daily limit of 40 milligrams per kilogram. And people say, well, why do I have to do math? I'll tell you, doing the math once is probably the right thing to do. So somebody who weighs, you know, let's say 150 pounds, you know, you should not have more than it's a lot, you know, nine cans of soda. Well, I'll tell you, there's a lot of people out there that drink more than nine cans of soda. Right. So a day? It's, it's, oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Absolutely. I've seen mm-hmm. that. And wow. you got to remember, that's, they're just using that as the bar to say, here, if you're only going to drink a soda, here's what the bar is set. But you have to remember, that sweetener is used in other things. So you really have to look and do your math to yep. see what you're eating, and make sure that you're not hitting those marks. Yeah, read those. La- you have to read those labels. You'll you'll be surprised where an artificial sweetener turns up because it's often not in a product which is sweet, <laughs> but but it's still right. uh, put into those places, I guess, to replace uh, sugar. So we so we need to to watch the amount of products using aspartame. Uh, what about other artificial sweeteners? A lot of people use Splenda these days. They use a whole. There's a whole different variety of uh, non-caloric uh, sweeteners uh, that are out there right now. Which ones do, uh, do you think are the safest? Well, you know, it, it's interesting that these are foods. So you'd think that the Food and Drug Administration would have all this research on them in long term, and and they don't. So we're sitting there still now trying to figure out, look at our yesterday, you know, it's been used for you know years and years and years. So really, it's, it's very difficult to say what is the safest um, sweetener. And it's more about what else could you use instead of that? Or do you really need the sweeteners? Yeah. Um, a text from the 630 area code. I'm a coffee drinker. I like a sweetener in my coffee, it says. I'm also borderline diabetic. Should I use sugar or sweet and low? Well, it's a good point. I mean, if you look at some of the, the, the stibias and some of those that are, that are plant-based, and they're, they're deemed safe. So uh, I would say using one of those where it's more of a natural one and it's not going to impact your blood sugar as much as you know, putting you know, plain old sugar in there especially for the diabetics, because we're more concerned about their glucose level rising and not having enough insulin to offset that. Yeah, what about uh, Splenda? Isn't that also uh, derived from a natural source, not a chemical one? Yeah, Splenda is, is uh, sucralose, sucralose, so it's, a, it's, a, yeah, it's more of a, a complex sugar, so certainly is uh, probably much more safer than the others. Yeah, uh, yeah. got to do a little research. I know it's uh, kind of a pain, but uh, you want a little research, you want a little cancer. I mean, that's <laughs> what it's come down to, unfortunately. Uh, your questions for Dr. Most when we come right back. Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital, in his weekly Sunday visit. Your questions for Dr. Most, uh, welcome right now at 312 312- Nine eight one seven two hundred. That'll get you either on our phone line, which we always love hearing from you, 
or on our text line, 312-981-7200. And uh, the 773 area code says, I'm reading the label on my Diet Pepsi right now, and it says that it does contain aspartame, but it does not give a measurement of how much aspartame is uh, included. How would I know so I can keep an eye on the numbers that you talked about? Yeah. It, you know what? We're going to talk about food labeling next week. It's one of the topics I'd like to talk about because we might see a big change in food labeling here in the United States shortly. So make sure you listen in next week on that one. But a little teaser. But really what you do is you have to almost do your homework, right? Because when we put products and we list the ingredients, and you'll look, you look at a list of ingredients on any product, and they list it based on the amount of uh, that product in the product. Um, that's a difficult way to say it. But if you look, number one, in, in uh, breakdown of Diet Coke, it's going to say water. Well, these sugars are so powerful that they don't need to use a lot. So it gets to the point where they're going to have all these other ones that they have to list how much gets to a point of some of these where it's the, the sweetener right. and they don't have to put that amount in. So you almost have to go and do your homework and go online and do a search because of the way that we allow labeling, food labeling here in the United States. Uh, lots of texts asking about alternative sweeteners. Uh, what does Dr. Uh, most think about monk fruit as a sweetener, uh, stevia, uh, there, I mean, there, there's a, a whole listing uh, on here. If you didn't want to use sugar, uh, what would you recommend? Yeah, I mean, I like stevia. I think it's really good, and it's you know it's more natural based. Um, so that's probably one that would be really good. Um, you know, but you also have to look and go. You have to do your homework, right? Because it is everywhere. We talk about, you know, just the sugars, but no, it's in candy, it's in chewing gum, it's in bakery goods. So you really have to look to do your homework if you're going to be looking at products that you're buying. But you can look and sit there and say, go through all of the sucralose like we just talked about, right? The Splenda, you know, that is essentially, it's almost like glucose, except there's one genetic modification made or chemical modification made. So that one's probably very safe. The bad thing is that we've tested them on rodents. We really haven't done enough testing in large scale on humans, and that's what you're going to start to see. But, again, they're so loosely limited or so loosely tracked that it's very difficult to say this would be the one to use. Yeah, somebody texted in and said aspartame is in about 5,000 products. Yeah, so, so about there's, there, you, you have to read the labels. And normally, uh, I do. I am a label reader, uh, aspartame or the sweetener is normally one of the very last things that it lists. So you have to go through this, you know, long list of chemicals that you have no idea what they mean uh, until you see sucralose or aspartame or something which is uh, a sweetener. Um, Six three zero area code. Uh, why is it that pink eye seems to be so rampant right now? Yeah. So. Pink eye, let's just talk about it, right? What is it? The words just tell me what the symptom is. So now you have to look at it and say, okay, what can cause pink eye? In the spring, can we get pink eye from allergies? Absolutely. Can we see pink eye in running through, rampant through schools because how contagious it is? Absolutely. And then here's the wild card right now is that the XBB strain of COVID, one of the symptoms is pink eye. So we are seeing a lot of it, whether we've gotten away from washing our hands as frequently as we used to be, you know, during COVID, we were washing our hands religiously. Have we stopped doing that? 
you touch your eye, you shake someone's hand, and you can give them pink eye very easily because these viruses and bacteria that cause it are extremely contagious. That being said, it's not a very um, devastating disease. For the most part, it's going to be self-limiting and run its course. But in some cases, you may need some antibiotic eye drops to take care of the bacterial infections. 815 area code is asking, uh, does the doctor believe once on a CPAP machine, always on a CPAP machine? Uh, This assists people who are breathing, who have sleep uh, apnea. And I've seen television commercials. Oh, one of these weeks, Kev, we have to talk about just all the claims that some of these television commercials make on things that can be cured. But um, I've seen a television commercial that says, this replaces the CPAP machine. uh, And it it just looks like a patch on somebody's arm or something like that. Is (laughs) Is there an alternative? It didn't make any sense to me. No, it's interesting the way that you locked, you, that you saw that commercial. So what you're talking about is a, a, a product called Inspire, which when you saw it's a patch on, her, on their skin, what it is is that activates the CPAP machine, or excuse me, the, the CPAP portion in their mouth or in the back of their throat uh-huh. when they go to sleep. So it's one of those where you turn it on, you turn it off, but it's it's surgically implanted in uh, the back of your throat uh, there to act just as a CPAP machine. Oh, they don't say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, man. No, she's lying there like, yeah. you know, like in heaven. Big smile. You, yeah. don't, you don't know that there's a whole contraption going on. In the back of her throat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, has it uh, been effective or is it just one of these TV things that... Oh, no, it, it's been effective. You know, and these are placed in the hospital. Uh, so an ear, nose, and throat doctor will, will place that and, and, uh, and then place the monitor as well. So that's one way that you could say get off of CPAP. Another way, a lot of CPAP is due to the weight of individuals. So really, if you lose some weight, sometimes that will certainly help. Um, but individuals say, I'm going to stop my CPAP. They have to understand that the health risk associated with sleep apnea are much more important than learning how to sleep with a CPAP machine, which, like you've said, have gotten better over the years. They used to be these big, huge, loud contraptions, and certainly they're getting smaller and more quiet. But the impact it's making on individuals' health with heart disease, hypertension, sudden uh, sudden death, those are really important. Not to mention super attractive to your sleeping partner. Uh, Also, when you've got this, you're basically wearing a catcher's mask on your face. (laughs) Just to work it in. Yeah, really? Yeah, you just have to, you know, okay. become a fetish. Yeah. All right, it becomes like a baseball. Fan. Yeah. I, all right. I never thought of that. I never thought like a Chris Chelios kind of thing. It might be a, a creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, wow. You have an active imagination, my friend. Uh, yeah, it is uh, super important. But, uh, well, it's it's something that's worth reapproaching then uh, for a lot of people because uh, the early incarnations of uh, CPAP and the masks and facial devices apparently has changed. I've, I've seen uh, where there are uh, devices that you put in your mouth that push forward like your upper teeth and uh, I, I don't know, moves your tongue out of the way. I, I don't even know what it does, but it, it just seemed like that, that seems a little choky also. Yeah, but with all the sleep apnea, what happens is the back of our throat essentially closes to a point where we're not getting enough oxygen, and then eventually you stop breathing. And if the body tells you, hey, time to start breathing, and then you force yourself to start breathing, that's why you have poor sleep patterns, and unfortunately, that puts you at the risk. So all of the CPAP, whether they're 
you know, things that you're putting in your mouth, the Inspire, the CPAP machine. The goal is to keep that airway open the entire night so that you can sleep safely. Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Always a great visit, and I hope you have a great Sunday, my friend. Thank you. You got it, Dean. We'll talk soon.